Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste Water podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Walter, and in the next few days, I'll be summarizing for you one year's worth of incredible water insights from the 52 experts that appeared on this microphone in 2021. I'm joined today by eight of them to discuss the touchy subjects of water price, water value, and the link between both. But let me leave the opening statement to Nafgaran Singh Bagar. The whole mindset around water is that it needs to be free. Here comes one of the most difficult debates in the water world, charging for water. The opinion that it needs to be free is strongly entrenched in people's minds. It is relatable, yet also debatable. People aren't used to water bills. Till about 20 years ago, anybody in India in any city can just dig a borewell and kind of get your own groundwater source. Here's the catch. If pure and wholesome water is available in sufficient quantity for everyone by just digging a hole, then there's no point in charging for water. The problem is that this is not or no longer the case for two main reasons. First, water scarcity is on the rise, a topic we will review in a separate deep dive. And second, water is polluted, so it is not pure and wholesome or of sufficient quality directly at your bore or in each and every river. And this has consequences, as Jacob Bosser recalls. We oblige governments to make people pay for water, which is not always obvious. As soon as people pay for water, the value of water, again, we come back to the value, is there. People understand. That's the, the most amazing part. People are really willing to pay. Mm-hmm. They are really, even the poorest one, are willing to pay for good quality drink water because they don't want their kids getting sick. 4.5 million people die worldwide per year because of drinking water issues. Most of them are kids. So they're really willing to pay for that. Okay, but if we are willing to pay for quality water, what are we really paying for? Is it water or the technology that's needed to treat water up to the required quality levels? Again, I let Nafkaran explain. The statement that she made broke me down, but at the same time made me look at this is going to be a much tougher job than I think, which was, she said, how can you charge so much money for a machine that makes water? This is morally not correct. I got taken aback by the statement because we're being pitched as someone who's trying to make uh, money off of water. We're, we're trying to make money off the technology we developed. We're not here to sell you water. We're trying to change the way things are done. So the whole question of morality, the question of ethics, I don't think are ever attached to any other commodity in the world. Indeed, the question of morality and ethics is somehow off topic here. Let me make an analogy. If you're hiring a woodworker to craft you a table and some chairs, is it morally correct that he charges you for the wood? I mean, it was grown by nature in the form of a tree, right? (laughs) But you'd find logical to get charged for the wood cutting, transport, carpentry and joinery work and the equipment and time associated. So what's different about water? Well, water is mandatory for our survival, but so does our food. And you wouldn't go to your local farmer and ask for vegetables for free, would you? Yet, if we were to really break down what he's charging you for, I'd bet that in any tomato or apple, he doesn't charge for the good itself, but rather for the water, oil, effort, tractor, fertilizer, and so on. To summarize, the first reason to charge for water is that there is a transformation required from the naturally available good and that transformation has a cost. Okay, let's move on. If you're charging for water, how much shall you charge? One of the chief problems we have in water is engaging customers, engaging the public uh, and making them trust their water. So even in some extremely well 
run utilities, you have large numbers of people still treating their water at home or boiling it. Um, maybe because it's, and it's quite perverse, but I have been told that one of the drivers for that is that people think, well, our water's so cheap, so it can't be clean. The phenomenon David Lloyd Owen just described is called the Veblen effect. We've been trained by experience to think that more expensive equals better. So if something is offered for free or too cheap, we tend to undervalue it. If you recall Singapore's experiments with water reuse, another deep dive we'll make shortly. Stay tuned. They had trouble having people adhere to reused water as long as they offered it at a discounted price. But as soon as they almost doubled the price tag, a full population jumped on the bandwagon. Now, it was expensive enough to be trusted. You see, there's a practical reason to charge for water. It is not directly available in nature, ready to be consumed. So there is a technical effort involved, which has a cost. But there is a psychological reason as well. People won't trust the water you deliver them unless it has a price tag that makes it believable. Yet there's a key thing to remember about water, as Jacob Bosser recalls. Drinking water, even more than just water, is a very political product. I sell an ID, an ID of having drinking water available for everybody. And that's also what you have to sell when you talk to governments. And the political gain from providing drinkwater community is quite high. So you have a good leverage there. But it's really the vision that you have to bring over to the people that want to get elected next term. Things get regulated when people care about them. Policies that are popular are much, much easier for politicians to push through. The mayor is unlikely to do something that is going to be unpopular with people. So getting people to care about water, getting people to value water is really the start. And how do you do that? With water, people need to understand that there is value here. There's value for everybody. There's value for our ecosystems, our cities, ourselves in terms of our own health. And if we can get people to view it like that, then everything becomes much, much easier. As Polo Kalan just explained, you can end up in a devil's circle if you take the problem from the wrong angle. If people don't value water topics, it won't make it to the top of the political agenda. And if it doesn't, everyone will become reluctant to charge the right price which in turn decreases the perceived value of water, which brings it further down on the agenda, and so on, and so on. Hence, as David Lloyd Owen explains, This means that people are very reluctant to charge the appropriate price for water to reflect its worth. And so water is systemically undervalued. But once we've said that water shall be priced right to be valued right, let me predict the follow-up objection. The right to water is a human right, Right? <laughs> right. Well, almost. Actually, the right to affordable water is a human right. Hence the question, what's the definition of affordability? I let David answer. For the first time ever, the World Health Organization started to consider what actually affordability means. And a study came out about a couple of months ago trying to define affordability. Because until now, it's always just been taken as a magic figure. And really, it actually boils down to two numbers. One, percentage of household income. And two, time. In his Global Water Funding book, David Lloyd Owen actually shows how utility water wouldn't breach the affordability rule in any place in the world, even if we were to speed up the reaching of SDG 6 targets. Another deep dive that's in the pipe, stay tuned. He also shows how the infrastructure legacy represents an increasing burden in many places around the world, which results in higher costs that have to be translated at some point into the water price. 
as Aaron Tartakovsky confirms. Utilities have to increase water and sewer rates every single year to pay for all of the needed repairs and maintenance. And in a lot of cities we're talking about, that's 10, 12, 15% a year increases. Those are annual increases. Yet, that may well be the funding need. It doesn't necessarily mean it results in a similar increase at the end of the day, as David explains again. There's one thing which is a proper tariff, and then there's the other tariff which the politicians might allow you to charge. Nicolas Revello actually made the best of all summaries for everything we've covered so far. That's something I read about the water valuation. It needs to be low enough to make sure everyone can access it and it, st it stays in human rights. But it needs to be high enough to make sure we don't waste it and then we make sure we make as many drop counts. So that creates a, a big, big economic conundrum. So finally, what's the limit? How high could water's value go and what would it unlock? Well, Denis Mal has some ideas. When is the financial equation or the business case for the International Space Station the criteria that makes it important for us to achieve it? In other words, when does water become so expensive that the International Space Station solution is actually cheap and affordable? That would actually turn the tables and rewrite the equation. We technically have the capability to make 97% of our water uses a fully closed loop. What we are missing, therefore, is the economic balance, something, a higher water valuation, may well change long before we reach the $40,000 per water bottle of the International Space Station. Will we see this happening? Actually, even if we don't do anything, it's only a matter of time. So the sooner we embrace the battle for the right valuation of water, the better we off not only as an industry, but as humanity. Did you like this deep dive? Then tell it to your friends and colleagues and share that episode. Valuing water is a team sport, so the more we are to push the message, the better our chances that it gets picked up. If you'd like to further explore the topic, listen to my full interviews with each of the experts featured in this synthesis. All the links are in the description. And if you haven't done it yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so that you don't miss the next leg in our journey, which will be about water reuse. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.